technology changed since you were a kid, and how has it changed your life? Well, growing up in Craig, I remember hand drills. I remember water freezing in the winter in Craig, even though it was in southeast Alaska. We used to have some pretty cold marches, and the, for some reason, the, the uh, fresh water pipelines from out the road into the town of Craig were above ground. Oh. <laughs> and so if we ever had a cold snap in the winter, they froze. And we would walk uh, probably a mile, mile and a half, maybe two miles out to the source with sleds and um, barrels and buckets, and we'd haul our water in to Craig. Occasionally, we had problems getting domestic water into the house. Um, I remember when we'd go stay with um, the grandparents up in Cloak. Well, I guess I was going to say we had we had to go outside to a, to a latrine, but no, they had a they had indoor plumbing. In Craig, uh, while we were growing up there, the the powerhouse, the power plant, was run on diesel, and it only ran like from I'm kind of guessing here, but around six o'clock at night until about midnight, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the day there was no power. So a lot of things were done by hand. I remember my mom hand cranking a mangle um, to wring the clothes out mm -hmm. after washing, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and just all the tools that we used to build boats or maintain the boats mm -hmm. or the houses were all hand tools. I don't remember electric hand tools. My dad's machine shop was run with a big old uh, gas engine and, a, and a, a system of belts turning pulleys. Well, and, and just uh, no television, of course, no telephones, very few cars in Craig, mm -hmm. maybe one or two. We didn't own one. Uh, we eventually bought a pickup truck to haul groceries uh, to the store when we when the store came into being. So, you know, as kids with homework, we... Well, we had lights, but there, there were power outages quite a bit because it was a windy place, Craig, so quite often either by flashlight or candle. <laughs> uh, our toys, we pretty much handmade toys, bone arrows, swords, uh, boats. Our, our system of uh, play in Craig at that time was if the uh, if Zorro movie was at the school, <laughs> on movie night, uh, on Friday night, then the next day we were all making swords and sword fighting. And <laughs> it was a war picture. Then we made guns and we were in, playing war throughout the woods. And <laughs> so we made our own toys pretty much and, and used nature. I remember one of the more interesting things we did, we'd go and find old wine bottles with a cork in them in the woods. And we'd go down to the docks and we'd gradually fill the bottles up. And we'd have a race with them to see whose bottle would sink the farthest down, stay down the longest, but still come back up. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was experimenting <laughs> trial and error, how mm -hmm. much water you put in the bottle. But we had a lot of fun doing that. Hmm. And then we'd fish for bullheads and mm -hmm. things off the dock. And mm -hmm. So we really weren't tied into the home. I mean, we were our kick the can outside, the whole mm -hmm. community. Um, it was just all outdoors and homemade toys. Yeah. You know how kids have cell phones and DSs and all that, and they know how to use the computer when they're three, 
<laughs> and you've seen that in your own grandkids. So what do you think of that? Is, is all this technology in these young people's hands good or bad? What do you think? <laughs> well, it's different <laughs> because I'm thinking, okay, are the kids, and, and Shirley and I have talked about it, you know, are the, are the kids as um, creative now as we were? making our own bows and arrows, learning how to do that, uh, mm -hmm. making these diver bottles and just uh, creating games out and leading games and, you know, just playing them together, uh, cooperating, following the rules, all those kinds of things, uh, talking. And nowadays you see the grandkids and, and not just the grandkids, but wherever you go, you see kids looking down at these little screens and working their thumbs like crazy and it's different uh, us older folks can think it's maybe stifling creativity and and getting out and exercising and and you know doing a lot of physical playing which i look on as good but maybe there's a creativity in in the technology as well i know there is well it's our it's our society today and it's our world and so on on one hand you appreciate and you're glad that your grandkids uh, are learning computers and and how to manipulate technology at such an early age and understand it mm -hmm. growing up with it so that's good because that's not going to change yeah so i guess it's just a different time <laughs> sometimes we lament the fact that they're not out running and jumping and climbing trees and and doing all the things we did, mm -hmm. making their own toys, but uh, it's just a different time, and they're growing up in a different age, and I guess you you adapt to that, but still, uh, I think, you know, and I think most families still mm -hmm. get their kids to go out and uh, get some exercise. Yeah. How do you think your kids' lives have been different with all the technology they grew up with? The computer started to come into the Sitka School District about 84 and 85. Okay. And so he was at middle school. Oh, yeah. So right. he and Jill, and Wade graduated in 85, so he kind of mm -hmm. left before mm -hmm. they started to get into the public schools there. How were Jill, Casey, and Wade's lives different growing up than yours? Wade and Jill were born, and Casey too. They were all born in either Seattle or down in Beaverton, Oregon. But we moved back to Sitka in 73, so Casey was about a year and a half old. Sitka was a small town, about 7,000 people then. There was television then, but it was uh, like a two-week delay from Seattle. It was small and black and white, and there was some good family and kid programming, but the kids weren't married to television back then like they are today in, in large part. And so there was a lot of outdoor activity with our kids growing up in Sitka. Uh, we had a boat, still loved to hunt. We loved camping, hiking, picnics. In their younger ages, their lives really weren't too much different except good washer and dryer, <laughs> electricity 24 hours a day, good schools, but a lot of outdoor activity and, and a lot of family activity. You think that you pretty much impressed the same values on them as were taught to you? Yeah, I, I believe so. Both our side of the family and, and Shirley's uh, side of the family, lots of teachers, industrious, Christianity, uh, Shirley grew up in a Christian home, and so that strengthened our Christianity in our family, our immediate family. We met at Seattle Pacific College, and she became a teacher, and me as well, and uh, education was important. The Christian values were taught in the home. We were regular churchgoers and involved in the church. And the kids' friends 
pretty much all went to the same church. So yeah, I'd, I'd say the values were pretty much the same and even stronger. What advice would you give a young person to help them live a good life? <laughs> well, I would have to say to live the uh, biblical Christian values. Uh, I had a non-Christian person up at Sitka High School say to me one time that everything you needed to know about life was in the Bible. And the values and the standards, and if, if you follow God's Word and live the Christian life, what can happen of self-destructive behaviors, whether it be cheating, lying, addiction, mm -hmm. those kinds of things that do destroy you, your life, and make your life really hard, there's going to be a much less chance of falling into any one of those. Mm -hmm. The good, strong family values of uh, hard work, being ambitious, being generous, being unselfish, working towards strong family, very important, most important, and doing whatever you can to keep the family relationships strong. For mom and dad, um, there were several things I used to read in, in professional magazines during my school career, and one of them was best thing you can spend on your kid is time, not materialism, not money, because unless you spend the time with them, you're not going to have the relationship that when they get into the teen years causes them to say, okay, when you tell them to do something or advise against doing something because they have that love, that relationship, and they don't want to displease you. They don't want to hurt you. And so they will listen even if they maybe don't agree with it fully <laughs> at the time. Mm -hmm. So spending time together, just building that deep, deep father-son, mother-son, mother-daughter, uh, family relationship mm -hmm. is very important, keeping it all together. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I guess that I uh, am just grateful and feel blessed as an older man with my wife, the life we've had together, all of our kids, and the way they've turned out, and the grandkids, the wives of our sons, son-in-law, we just feel blessed, and the wonderful grandchildren. So we're just thankful. This interview with Lee Demert was completed on July 7, 2011. The music was downloaded from ccmixter.org. The song is called Ghost, Reverie, Small Theme.